Hi, you're listening to Invest in You with Frederick Sandval and Shirley and Ivan, a platform to enrich entrepreneurs globally with the power of positivity and sharing. Simon, welcome to the podcast, which is called Invest in You. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you from the other side of the world. Welcome to London. Thank you so much, Frederick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, great. Perfect. So we have bumped into each other on this fantastic thing called social media and the mm-hmm. World Wide Web, uh, namely on LinkedIn. Yeah. I can't remember who was the mutual connection. Actually, we had quite a few. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were supposed to have this about a year ago, but you were way too busy. Yeah, you, but but you you're so good that you so good that you chased it up because yeah. I was able to read the previous messages back and I was like, fun. yeah, let's do it. Perfect timing. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's really good to fa- get it face to face as well. I'm really yeah. sorry for Ivan and Charlie can't be here, but uh, they will listen in. Oh, we'll my call God. Them before and after. So. Do you know why I think social media is incredible is because it's now opened up a whole new range of, I mean, this is officially my first interview with a Swede. Wait, Yes, my first interview with a Swede. And like, I think that's really cool. The access to different cultures um, is incredible. I think we live in the far east over Yeah. Over in Singapore, it's a far way away from where you're from. So yes, great. it is. It is indeed. Yeah, no, I really like Singapore because it's just like London. It's like a melting pot of mm-hmm. cultures from all over the world. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was living in Dubai for five years before. And know, that's I like, know. That's you know, one. that's Singapore <laughs> in the Middle East. So I, I don't think I can ever go back to monocultures anymore now. Become yeah. a bit of a a cosmopolitan global person. Yes. No, I, I completely can relate to that. I've been traveling, I think, eight plus countries, working yes, 40. Yes. So that means that every time you meet a new person, a new culture, as long as you're open-minded and curious. Oh, it's great. It it's absolutely great. Yeah. Adding to it. But I do feel the more global the city, the more cross-pollination of ideas, people tend to be a little bit more motivated. Yep. But what I love is, is that Platforms like LinkedIn have now opened that motivation to people who are in small towns like where I grew up in Perth. Yes. You know, if I had had LinkedIn when I was young, I'd, I'd be like, I might have a mindset more similar to your two sons, yeah. you yeah. know, because yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. been exposed to to that. So I think we have a lot to be thankful for when social media is used correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it not only chase for, for the likes, which can be destroying youngsters as well, but I know exactly what to mean. Well, for Instagram, it's, yeah. Yes, yeah, I, we I presume, can have that conversation. I, I presume that you're you're big on link, on uh, Insta as well. Um, I think I do, I have a bigger following on LinkedIn because I'm a little bit work obsessed. So most women my age are on um, Instagram and stuff. Well, they're on Instagram, <laughs> but they, they've had they're having babies right now. Oh, yeah, they're having young enough, kids, so enough. those babies are kind of flooding the feeds, and are probably what the women who grew up following me when I was a broadcaster are expecting to see. But yet I'm still working, so. The reception for that sort of content is a lot better on LinkedIn um, because you have people going there who are also kind of work obsessed or highly motivated in that department. Whereas I feel maybe if I had a baby, I'd get more likes on Instagram. But but the business is the baby right now. Right. now, So good luck growing your business baby. Yes, exactly. Uh, and exactly. it's exciting times. You just uh, moved away from working a lot more with broadcasting, I presume. Yeah. So for the people who have no idea about who you are, uh, Simone Heng. Yeah, uh, sure. Tell us. About yourself. Okay, so I um, started out as a broadcaster when I was 21. I was a VJ from Music Channel back in the day where VJs existed. I know, you know? What you mean. I mean, that's crazy <laughs> to think that anyone would sit through a 30 minute show of some girl on a green screen dolled up telling you about what music video to watch next. But that was the format, I right? I know, I know, it's cool. So, um, so I started off doing that and then I did HBO, which was the same thing, sitting in between movies, telling people what movies were coming up. Um, so I started off in TV and doing commercial modeling, hair, skin, teeth, all that kind of 
stuff, which I think that's also what's made me a little bit of a feminist in the way that I write. And I've got uh, some great content coming up for International Women's Day great. around exactly sorry if we can digress because this is really please do we i'm can so take, passionate uh, we, about this we can take the, your passion direction in the whole podcast amazing thank you um so you were just talking about your sons and the whole likes thing i mean one thing that i've seen with girls who are in their late teens early 20s yes. is this idea of validation for likes based on how you look so i've got a video that i'm planning coming up showing my genesis from posing in my underwear for Maxim and FHM 15 years ago to now getting on a stage where people are paying me thousands of dollars to speak as a thought leader yes. and how that's all to do with my mother's emphasis on education. So what the video is going to be about is basically like I want girls to understand that investing in their external beauty is a losing race. Every day I get older, yes. it's a losing race. Yes. So it's yes. a silly thing to invest any time into particularly um if you're not maybe being paid for it and but you've just gotten caught up in the addiction of it on instagram yep yep right so if you don't do something critically at that time to self-educate or pay attention to your education or somehow join courses or upskill your knowledge you're really going to be left out in the cold by the time you're 35 yeah so that's um a big key message that you're going to see closer to international women's day i'm going to start creating content on that So that's how I started my career and basically was treated just like a shell. Like you, yes. it, to the point they wouldn't even let you ad lib, yep, you know, which yep. seems crazy to me because once you've gone through radio where you speak live every day and you're so empowered to speak. In fact, radio stations would encourage you to be more opinionated, share more of your personal life. Yes. And then when you're previously in television or even in modeling where they would just be very like, different. like very different. We're like, please don't give your opinion. Don't ad lib. Read the teleprompter. So, yeah, so it, it was very, very different. So radio kind of empowered me to build that voice, but also to build the execution of that voice because you can have opinions, yes. but then you don't know how to e execute those opinions. There are a lot of people that can speakers who execute the opinion in a really unlikable way. And actually, if we talk about entrepreneurship and selling, big part of that is being likable, sadly. Yes, I mean, you, you know, yes, yes but, but you should also hopefully be a good person by extension. So the likability is easy. It's authentic yes. to you. And another thing now with going from broadcasting, so I left um, the radio 90 days ago. I mean, that's crazy to me because big part of your life. Been, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the business has been mental. I haven't even had time to process. It was only 90 days ago. I remember I saw that on LinkedIn a while ago. So yeah, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy. And the first eight weeks of the business, I made my entire radio annual salary in two months. Yes. So that made me realize yeah, this is, I mean, if we're talking about being an empowered woman and being a girl boss before, but being someone else's employee, this is the full, yes. for me, the full embodiment of living that message yes. because now it's not just an attitude, it's an actual pragmatic yes. way of living, right, did, that is did. reflected in a bank yes. account. Exactly. So it's not just hashtag I'm a girl boss, yep. fist in the air. <laughs> like it's, it's, you know, it's for real. Yeah, exactly, um, yes. Which, that, which that, is that, so exciting. That real genuine uh, validation is great. Uh, it's actually way better to chase that business validation than to go for the likes. The external, yes. The, the likes, as an example. Exactly, because I could buy a yes. thousand exactly. nice business exactly. suits, which yes. are real yes. cute, <laughs> but it doesn't mean anything if my business is failing, yes. right? That's True. not True. aspirational anymore. It's just some nice colored suits. Exactly. So I think the biggest thing that I'm really hoping for in this new business is to bring that message of human connection to a wider audience, but completely in touch with my integrity and the authentic values that I was raised yes. with. And that's paramount to me because it is easy I think as a speaker to lose that integrity 
in order to get money. I mean, talk to me in 10 years. It's only three months in. <laughs> I mean, I, it's anyone's game. It's you, you would probably have a journey from like, yeah. Yeah, well, of focus, course, of times. course. There's different times. It's and I, I, I definitely exciting. do think after a while the the gigs that I'm getting in the local market, once my name from the radio doesn't spin anymore, um, and I'm very aware of this because I had left Dubai my radio career in Dubai, career in Dubai to take care of my mum in 2014 when she was sick. Yes. So I saw after about the first eight months the email inquiries do stop. And so I was really accepting of that. I'd done my research. I'd prepped this speaking thing for two years while still at the radio, you know, on the side as a side hustle. Yep. So I very much prepared myself that, you know, by six months in, you need to be with international speaker bureaus. Like it's no, you can't ride. So that means if you want to be an international speaker bureaus as an Asian woman that looks about 12, you better be freaking amazing in your content, woman. Like, you better have done the... Re- so I've done what you're doing, Frederick. You know, I've gone and I've interviewed yeah, exactly. loads and loads of people to distill, you know, kind of pillars of human connection, to actually have some real um, thought leadership, some IP. So yes. that part of it is great because you can do that from any location in the world. Indeed. indeed. Yeah. And, the, and the more you travel as well, the, the more interesting new content slash people you will actually meet. Completely. <laughs> and then everything becomes more broad. I, I do have to say what's really interesting, and I, I'm, I'm going to try and prepare another speech on this for IWD, but, you know, into the entertainment world, what's really funny is as a woman, you get your power from how young and feminine you look. But now I'm stepping into slightly something more corporate. Yes. And actually, the more young and feminine you look, you're actually disempowered. And, and like I was mentioning to you before, you know, I've lost gigs because they, I got inquiries before the website was built, before the reels were done, and then all people could see online is Instagram, and I look like this Instagrammer, yep. um, which doesn't reflect that. And I, I, ne- I ended up losing those those gigs. But that's also such a great indication of me of, like, the the power of perception and the assumption that if you look a certain way, you're you look young, that you don't necessarily have expertise. So that's why I post a lot of video yes. of me speaking. Yeah, so the way I'm going later is I've known meet some former colleagues. I left a business uh, about five years ago, mm-hmm. and that uh, MD taught me perception equals reality. And therefore, if you very much look one way and people just imagine how you are, that's very much the, yeah. the pigeonhole where you will end up. So yeah, well done for taking another angle of life yeah uh, but i mean it's it's an evolution like you yes. know the website will become and we're talking entrepreneurship here yeah, so course. let's be you know course. so the website will now become more corporate there'll be less an emphasis on emceeing more an emphasis on keynotes video grabs from the keynotes i mean this is all digital branding that has to be that has to be done Indeed. um yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah so when i was looking into like what would we like to talk about in this fantastic podcast because <laughs> invest in you that can mean so many different things mm-hmm. so it can be everything from like your 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 health uh, to even uh, your 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 business appearance yeah. to how you create wealth uh, maybe how you work with the business uh, your brand so the cool thing with all of those things means that i can now also touch upon something which is important to you so the human connection Yes. Elaborate on, on that because I found it very intriguing and I think you've got a stronger uh, authenticity than I do in, in that uh, matter because you're communicating clearer your passion, for example, for your mum, uh, grandmother, etc. Okay, but, I, you know, that's also very interesting too because I think women are more open to sharing those things. I'm a bit of an anomaly because generally Asians culturally, and you probably know this from working in Asia, yes. we are not encouraged in the home to speak about our family things. It's very taboo and I'm sure there are members of my wider family who are horrified about how open I am with it but I think my western upbringing taught me that everyone handles adversity and that's the way I cope sharing the message is the way that I cope and it's helped me it's been 
extremely cathartic, but the ripple effect that it's had for people, at the kernel of it, it's helping people. Yes. And that's what human connection is actually all about. It's a generosity of spirit. Yes. Compassion, empathy. This is all helping yes. people. So Indeed. Indeed. So it, it actually all started with a Swede. So my mentor uh, is a very successful global keynote speaker called also Frederick, Frederick Heron. And um, we were working on coaching to find out a topic that I was truly passionate about that was not disparate from my background as a broadcaster because you can't go from a broadcaster to then running a speaking business about Bitcoin. I mean, I think that would yes. be a, a bit of a hashtag branding breakdown. Yes. Yes. So Frederick was kind of observing me in the way that I was with people and he was like, you know, your superpower is – you're a human connection superhero. That's what you've done on stage and on it. And but the more I study this, I'm not the human connection superhero. The people, my case studies yes. are the superheroes. I'm a total numpty. I feel like I'm learning everything from nurses of people with dementia to teachers at schools with children with autism. These are the real yes. heroes. You know, I was working in situations where I was being primed for connection, celebrity interviews and all that. Everyone knew their role. But those people daily are working jobs where they have to connect and it's unpredictable. Yes. They don't know whether their student with autism is going to be there today and going to connect with them or is going to have an outburst. They don't know. So the more I learn about it, I realize that I'm not the superhero or the expert. What I am is the conduit for the message. I'm the researcher. Yes. The same way Brené Brown is for vulnerability. And when you come from it from a much more humble place like that, as opposed to I'm the expert, you get much more beautiful content. You get much yeah. more beautiful no, content. Because I mean, the, the, the whole expert on, on a pedestal thing, it's almost... I think it's passe now anyway, it, it, right? It is. And, and uh, that one week someone is a Bitcoin expert... I mean, we haven't even had Bitcoin for for that many hours. Oh days, my! Or I just or had month. to watch Explained on Netflix to learn what Bitcoin was. To, yeah, they okay. did an episode that's on blockchain. Okay. <laughs> I was like, "This is amazing." I've seen the same. Yeah, so you've seen the same, yeah, and yeah. I thought, "Oh God, this is so so great to explain <laughs> to me a financial numpty, you know, how how to do this." Yeah, so I think it, that's always a much better. Um, I feel like I'm a student of it because every interview it just opens me up to to realizing how narrow my connection skills were and if and what happens is you research for a keynote or a book or anything is you're actually correlating all the case studies right and going what thread of human connection runs through every single thing of these and that's the art of it actually yes. and pulling out those major themes so frederick did a really good job because he kind of saw yeah i think you fall in love with this And then I did. So I was lucky. I was lucky. I had a good mentor. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. No, I, I really believe in mentors. And the, the mentors I like the most are those that still stay humble, still yeah. learn. And really, the more you learn, the more you understand that you don't know. Yes. Yet. Yeah. Uh, versus um, some of the other ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Frederick's such a big proponent of the intellect. He's a very, very smart guy. Um, and he really tapped into something when he talked to me basically about studying and researching that brought me back to my identity as a kid. So before entertainment, I was raised in a house where education was more important than food. I think my mum <laughs> my yes, mum yes. bought more courses for us to do than she did groceries for the house. She That's wasn't awesome. she was yes, not a very yes. domestic person. Um, uh, don't tell my wife I'm the same. Really? I, mean, I spend more money on, on the kids and uh, But I'm sure she buys food. them food. I mean, she luckily buys some food, exactly. but I buy them 
uh, other trainings. <laughs> so I, I think in my my mum's mind, and fly, she was similar fly to, them, fly them into wherever to, to exactly. Meet new people. Yeah. But you feel that feeds your children as much. It's Indeed, like it mental is. nutrition. But she right? feeds she feeds them culture. Yes, that's yeah. also an important aspect of life. So my mum sent me to Switzerland when I was seventeen. Uh, she didn't send me; she pushed me to go for the scholarship, and she's just Great. lucky I got it. Um, and that uh, that absolutely changed my life. Um, and so I was really really grateful to have that upbringing but of course in entertainment you lose your way with that because you start to be validated by your parents only um yes. and for years i maybe for a decade i kind of neglected my mind and so if we talk about invest in you yeah exactly. the hugest thing that happened was that two years ago i had this big rock bottom moment where i wasn't living to my full potential and i knew it and I had also started to age. And I know this might sound crazy on LinkedIn as a platform, but if we look on Instagram, it's very clear that I, in such a visual platform that, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. And what I'd realized I had invested my identity in was fading. But I knew that I had this moment where if you, it's not too late. You can turn the ship around. And what's yes. incredible about the intellect, it's like any other muscle in the body. If you feed it and you exercise it, it can snap back. So now I'm at the point where, you know, I can read whole scripts and and then regurgitate the information in almost immediately after reading it twice. Like that memory yes. and that sharpness that I had as a child was able to come back. I just needed to invest. And I mean, I didn't go out for 10 months. All I did was courses on the weekend, attended every speaker's meeting I could, read all the books on public speak- speaking. Which year are we now, now roughly? Sorry. Which, which year are we now, roughly? That, that, oh, this that is year? um. This would be two thousand and eighteen. So that must have been like a big transformation in terms of the mindset. With when you feed so much new stuff to the brain. Yeah, but you also have like I would have um what I call backslides where I would go out and party or the yeah, old, yeah. the old it's... Simone would kind of be there. But I, I was I was actually very disciplined because I knew there was no way to get to the goal without doing it. There was no way because I I have a hurdle that no one. Well, not no one else, but a lot of other people don't have is that I will immediately be judged as frivolous because of how I look. So I have to be twice as read up as anyone else. Yeah, I used to work with the military for many years and every woman I had as a soldier or as an officer, I had good relationship in terms of like they, they people usually can open up and speak to me and tell me what they actually think, uh, which is not everyone's mm-hmm. uh, skill. And I know you share the same. Pretty much every single one of them said out loud that for them to be accepted in that military unit yeah they had to be almost like twice as, as good mm. so yes to compensate for the fact that they were a woman they must be better than the boys yeah which is crazy and uh, you can see the but, same and, in, in, but, and in they're caucasian well, so. frederick so yeah. this is the other thing too is like and i'm speaking very frankly here is yeah. uh you know i was just in london and we were in a in a shop and we were shopping with paul my my partner and uh an older white male came up to me and asked me to serve him. And I was just a customer in the yes, shop. And like so, yourself, I, yes. so I realized if you're diminutive and you're of a certain ethnicity and I'm not speaking, um, hanging out in my baseball cap, I mean, that is the initial <laughs> perception, actually. So do you get the girl that looks to that sort of man who is in the audience of corporate speeches, yes. who perceives you as that? Are they going to pay you? an hour to do a keynote on a stage when that is their first perception. So the ethnicity thing is real. Like it is, I I don't know any global Asian female keynote speakers because culturally for us, 
It wasn't something you grow up being told. You know, you must be quiet. Be like your cousin. Yes. She's such a good girl. Be like your cousin. You know, like I was always told that you're so loud. Um, <laughs> so you know, when you've been raised like that, I wonder that. why they say that. But you know, I <laughs> I'm look. Kidding. I yes. look at the Nordic countries. I look at Scandinavia. Yes. I look at someone like Greta Thunberg, who yes. has been empowered at such a young age, and that region of the world is famous for that. And I, I do feel a bit of envy because. I was always told to be quiet. So I think it got, took me so longer, so much longer to get to this point because I had to fight all of those kind of cultural demons as well. Yes. So it's not just fighting the external perception, it's fighting the internal cultural shadows. So yes. can, can you remember any kind of like, if you give any life advice from having bounced far down and turned that around into something better again? What kind of like key learnings would you like to share with, with the audience? The first one is just start doing. You don't have to be a master immediately. Just start inching your way. So I had zero confidence. I remember going to the Speakers Association in Singapore and um, and hiding up the back yes. and just being petrified to speak because I had been under the employ of a company at the time that was punishing me for being outspoken. So I had learned to shut up. And here I was at a speakers meeting and I would hide in the corner You know, the best way to start is start taking courses. So you're not putting yourself out there immediately. You're not running before you can walk. Just start, re- yes. grab a book. I've got people who write to me on Instagram who want to become better public speakers, but they're so petrified to even go to a course. So I say, look, go and get this book and this book. Great. Start needing the mind to be receptive to that information, but just start something. Start something. Read an article on it. Read a blog post. Yes. Just but. Start without delay. When you're rock bottom, you feel the impetus to be motivated. Start immediately. It's like when people want to lose weight, yeah, yeah. right? And so they're at their heaviest. This, they this. they don't go to a boot camp immediately. They go for a walk. And because they haven't walked in like 100 years, they'll, they lose weight really fast. So it was kind of the same because I had neglected my brain for so long. Like even an article on Forbes was like yes. contagious. And, I, you know, then you become addicted. And now I've got like books weighing down my suitcase probably not going to get through <laughs> probably going get, to get through immigration yeah great so that would be Perfect. the big thing just Perfect. start yeah I love that, mm. love that. Uh, if I say what does invest in you mean to you it means to me that you show yourself some self love and the hugest tip here to everyone listening is like when you start showing yourself self love like you start glowing people are like Simone you glow now it's like well because I actually really like me and I actually really love me So that's actually in the kernel of yes. invest in you, right? Yes. Show yourself some self-compassion. Go easy on yourself. And that's incredible because it also allows you to be much more compassionate to other people. And that starts there. Because yes. you judge yourself less, you judge other people le- less. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also you sound so much nice as well as when you smile as much as you do. So that's another top oh. tip for, for the listeners. I was going to say to you earlier, <laughs> it's like you are very smiley <laughs> on podcasts, no, po- but pre-podcast you're positive. very, you're much more straight. I'm, I'm much more in my flow, flow in terms of uh, when when I'm when like now this. engaged in a conversation. All my Swedish friends are the same, by the way. Yes, yes. great, yeah. perfect. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Right, uh, talk about something different. It's linked to you partly, brand and brand ambassador. When you associate yourself with brands, because you've been doing some quite uh, big things uh, in in Singapore for brands and so on, how do you even pick a brand that you'd like to be associated with, or do they pick you? So this is a really interesting question, because when you're a talent, there are so many different ways you can pivot on this. So uh, in the early days, 2005, um, I was endorsing for Sunsilk, and then you're like an unknown person, 
and the brand builds you yes. by association. Yes. So you become, I was endorsing Sunsilk in the Philippines. They end up lifting me. So then when I moved to Dubai, obviously when you work for a brand like Virgin Radio, they are building and giving you legitimacy. Um, and then I was endorsing Jav and Pons, right? But then I think every talent gets to the point, um, and this goes for corporate talent too, where you get to a point in your career where you yourself have become a brand, not just through the brands you've chosen to associate yourself with, yes. but hopefully by the skills that you've built. And then now what I do is I amalgamate where I kind of think I am skills-wise in my career yep. with the brands that have come before me, and that dictates who I choose to work with. Many people listen to a podcast, they also might have their own podcast, and mm -hmm. they might do interviews or not. You've been doing lots of them. Yeah, since uh, I was a baby. How, how do you unlock the heart of someone just across the table? Oh, I think the number one thing, and you would know this, it's like, it's not about you. I mean, my worst interviews at the beginning of my radio career was like, I was more concerned about my hair and makeup and did I look fat? I mean, like, on, I'm just speaking frankly. <laughs> I, mean, laughing, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. early 20s, yes. like a moron. And I, um, you know, was interviewing huge names like Lewis Hamilton, all of these people. But I wasn't present because I was concerned about me. So here's the thing. It's not about you. You, the interviewer, are the conduit for the message. You're the conduit for the answers. So get your ego out of the way. Yeah. Put that aside and connect with the other person as a human. Yeah. And what happens pre-recording is just as important as the interview. If you want to meet, tenderize your subject, yes. be charming and use some of the human connection tools I talk about, like using your commonalities to connect immediately, yes. um, show your emotions. Emotion gets connection to emotion. So the person mirrors that and do that from the moment they step into the hotel lobby yep. to meet you, not yes. just when you get in front of the mic with the camera. Like that has to start. Immediately. Because yes. we don't view people. You'd have to be a pretty fractured person to view people pre and post the record button. Humans are humans. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, many, many times the absolute best content in, in our interviews and podcasts actually just before we start or just after. That's why I off, as often as possible try yes. to like record even when when it's like the setup. Like, okay, we just take the first few minutes and just talk about this yes. is like the interview we'll do it for this many minutes uh, and that's where the gold dust starts or in in, in the post comments uh, Abs and you now see this in every netflix documentary yes, yes, that yes. the best grabs that they will now insert so everybody got to be careful you're going to be on netflix documentary exactly they're going to use every <laughs> bit of it to the point there's actually we watched um we watched a documentary where a guy admitted to murdering someone in the off while the mic was still on. Don't, uh, <laughs> Durst. Durst. Was it Durst? <laughs> that's, so that's, so that's, that's, that's an extreme bad. example. Yes, but, yes. And then his publicist comes yes, over and goes, yes. we can hear everything you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and the yes. documentarian used it. Like, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think, you know, treat people like a human. It doesn't matter if you're interviewing like Keanu freaking Reeves yes. or whoever. You want to get a good interview, relate to them on a human level, ask them what they ate for breakfast. Like, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, and also, uh, something I heard when I was just checking into other podcasts you've been to, I've heard, found at least one. Uh, and there, one of your good advice was to show up early, which is just opposite of what I did today, which I always try to no. do. Exactly. No, no, I, was, I always try to do exactly the same. I always try to be early mm -hmm. because early is on time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that also gives you buffer yeah. uh, and, and also might uh, lead to an interesting conversation as well. Or at the very least, you're there on time. I t so I totally agree. I think my whole career in Dubai was made just because I was early. Uh, because I'd lived in Switzerland and yes. I didn't use, I grew up in a very disorganized Asian household where we were always late. Yes. And then when I moved to Switzerland, my host father said, Simone, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. 
um, because the Swiss are always on time. Yes. I mean, if you're one minute late, you miss the train. Yes. So because I loved him so much, I was so horrified that a man that was not my blood was telling me off. <laughs> It imprinted onto my no, memory. That's, that's, really and, uh, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. And and I would get to auditions. Yes. Like 10 minutes before other girls. So I would have 10 yes. minutes more with the script. That, exactly. I mean, that was it. So yes, it, yes. Or you might even talk to the producer who no one else would even have said hi to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, completely yes, agree. Awesome. Uh, talk about different countries around the world. You've been traveling around a bit. And yeah. Anything in particular you like with any country you like to share with the audience? Um, so first, anything. I, yeah, I always say like there's a difference between someone who's a serial expat and someone who's a tourist. So um, I grew up in Australia, so you have a lot of Aussies who go as tourists abroad, yes. Contiki tours or whatever, but that's completely different. So you can be well-traveled and then you can be a serial expat, which is very different. So that's like I'm interested in the nitty-gritty every day of a country. Like how much is a cu- like cup of coffee? Could I live there? How much is rent? Like what is the real culture um, in amongst these people? So I, I integrate very well. Yes. And I I absolutely love little pieces of each country. So what I love about Switzerland is the organization, yeah. right? And yeah. everything on time. <laughs> and the cleanliness, right? Incredible. Yes. Um, and what I love about... Australia is the straightforwardness of people. You know, they'll just tell you what you think. And that can be very empowering because having information allows us to guide ourselves. Yes. Whereas in Asia, you never know really what people think. They will give you, show you face, but it's not yep. necessarily how they feel. And what I love about Singapore is if I want it to be quiet like Australia, I can choose that. If I want it to be frenetic like Dubai, it can be that. But I have that choice. Whereas in right. Those other two kind of, like in Dubai, I had no choice but to live at that speed because the city ran yes. at that speed. So you're kind of at the whim of that yes. that city. So there are beautiful things about all the countries. Probably the favorite thing that I love about the Middle East and Asia is how generous the people are. Like I, my girlfriends, we'll have dinner catch ups and we always bring each other gifts. My Arab friends would be like, I'd be like, oh, that's a beautiful clock on your wall, and they'd be like come, dig my clock, and they're like, give it to you. You know, that kind of generosity. In Australia, we used to split bills down to 50 cents. You know, it's so different. I would like to think that I am an amalgamation of all the places that I've lived, but I think that can also make that really awkward for people trying to relate to me. It makes me a great speaker because you can speak to a global audience, but it makes it hard to date. Luckily, I have a great partner. But, I mean, imagine, you know, like imagine if uh, somebody's Swedish and it's full gender equality and I'm expecting someone to be like an Arab man and open the door for me, right? Like there's no, people cannot (laughs) predict what I'm going to expect. So uh, I got very lucky. That's great. That's perfect. I'm very happy that you bumped into (laughs) a good person. Yeah, exactly. Great. Um, So talk about your, your big why. Like fast forward yourself 10 years from now, what What would you like to be your life's purpose at that time when you're up to speed? I mean, I would absolutely love to have children, whether that's adopted or my own, by that point. And I would love my mum to still be around as their grandmother. I don't I don't know if that's possible, but I would love that. Great. Um, so, but my big why in terms of the next 24 to three years, 24 months to three yep, years, yep. is to see more female minority speakers on stage. I would like to, to be a global keynote speaker to the highest integrity and quality and authenticity that I can be, if that is possible. Yes. To retain all of the things that you and I, and we can use this podcast to hold me to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I would love that because in that arena, I, you know, I would love other Asian 
women, particularly the kinds that do DM me on Instagram and LinkedIn to feel that you can still win at life if you're outspoken. It doesn't mean you should be punished, which is what we've been taught. Like you can still be happy and it's not shameful to be vulnerable and outspoken publicly. Yes. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. That's really that would I would love that. That's, yeah. that's, I, I I can't wait to see that. I will look forward to, to oh, follow your growth. So no, no, no. I mean uh-huh. that. I mean that because since you're striving to really help and serve and support others, that's really how you make the difference that you can't even foresee. Yeah, and it's not. I've never been monetarily driven, so I think that that's a great way to retain integrity because I'm not. I don't know. I just. I mean, I talk about this in my speech because I've spent so much time with obviously my dad at the end of his life. And my mum now at the end of her life, uh, surrounded by other aging people and like nobody in there is talking about how much money they made. Yeah, yeah. I have another angle to the whole money thing. I think it's sad that people can't talk about money. What do I mean by that? If we could talk about money, then we can learn from each other. So, for mm. example, I might share a business mistake with you, mm-hmm. quite into specifics, which means that you can learn from that and not repl- replicate Of course. It. And the same also within families. It's very, it's research even shows that Men and wife don't speak about money, so they might yes. have massive financial secrets in the family as well, which is very damaging, I think. Yeah, um, but that all that's a different that's a different angle. Story. No, but I think that's interesting because I think where does that come? That comes money being taboo as a subject comes from almost valuing money too much. So if yeah. we valued money, like if we took money less seriously, yes. Then we talk about it more. And I don't take it seriously. So I, yep. Paul, I don't yep. know what Paul learns, but yes. I talk to Paul very freely about the beginning of the business because I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't believe how much demand is coming in. Like, this is so wonderful. And I'm, I think I'm open about it because I just, it's not that important to me. I yes. grew up with migrant, uh, immigrant parents who always talked about money in a threat mindset, like there wasn't enough. Yes. Um, yes. And that's very standard of most um, most yes. immigrants, Asian or other. Well, scarcity is scarcity, the Scarcity, right? Yes. Of course. Um, so I have huge empathy for that. But do I feel that it damaged me a little bit um, at the beginning of my career that I didn't fully enjoy myself because I felt in threat all the time? Yes, which is hilarious because yes. once you're the first generation, yes. you're actually not in, you're educated no, exactly. in the, you know, <laughs> in the countries. You're not at all in threat. You're actually, I mean, my sister is a hugely successful partner in a law firm. She's very abundant. So, but you have that voice always in your head. So I wish that parents would talk particularly middle class and upper, right? Yes. Um, and I say this all the time on Instagram. You are lucky. If you are watching this content, it means you own a mobile phone, which means you are lucky luckier than the majority so you're already in abundance we exactly. don't even need to exactly. talk anymore exactly. kids yeah. right um yeah. yeah i'll share a fun, funny story linked to exactly that uh, we had uh something we called junior mba so like mba but for mm-hmm. for kids that yeah what amazing we, that's what we, we call our first initiative between me and charlie and ivan uh so we are sharing stuff on facebook we later found out yeah we grew a, a big following but um it wasn't that uh, high engagement because it's not the right platform for that age yeah, group exactly so the whole aspect there of talking about money is to help the younger generation to become more knowledgeable. So many would love to be entrepreneurs, but there's no way how to learn about it, or very few. Yes. So at the moment, there's just a few big names out there on social media who are sharing things. Yeah, Gary Vee. Exactly, yeah. just to mention one. And uh, it needs to be even more tactical, hands-on to, to do that. So yeah. we, we're trying to help people 
all over the world by just putting we need every, your help. everything else free. I'm like uh, a crazy <laughs> arty person that yes. I'm just like chasing my way through. But I, yeah, I yeah. mean, one of the things that I remember listening to when I was getting ready to leave my full-time job to yes. become an entrepreneur was um, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, said, you know, if you can get someone to do the menial things that you want to do perfectly at 70%, yep. Yep. outsource it. And that is why I'm so happy. And you can Perfect. see me traveling all over the world because I have an incredible virtual assistant in Manila Perfect. who is doing the menial stuff for me. And that particular business is a social impact startup. So yep. they um, connect you with VAs for a small connection fee, but they help highly educated Filipino women. She's yes. got an MBA to be able to still be with their children exactly, and yeah. doing that. And I so I think everyone wins. That's incredible. But I would never have done that had I not gotten that entrepreneurial knowledge from a female billionaire. Yes. So knowledge is everything. So my life right now could be stressed, overtired, scattered if I hadn't watched that one YouTube video. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So what you're doing is profound because it's yeah. going, you might not even know by the engagement, but someone's watched some of your content. Yes. And it's great exactly, to improve their exactly. lives. So so back to the journey MBA. So there was a woman from Africa who said like, oh, this is fantastic. Someone should do this in, in Africa. And I just had to message back like, we are doing it in Africa because you found us in Africa, so you can show this to your kids. That's like the whole idea. You just put it out there for free. Yes. For God's sake. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, I mean, I think that um, I like the attitude, and I've got that from Gary Vee, actually, and I didn't used to be like this. I used to live very much in a threat mindset when I was in entertainment because it's so competitive. And But the minute I started just giving away things for free, Frederick, yep. that's when the following grew. Yes. And that's because people don't really care about me. They care about the value I add to their lives. So I'm the conduit for the value, the compassion, the empathy, whatever, yes. that I add to their lives. It is not about me. I'm a shell to share experience. That's how I think of myself. And I think once you shelve the ego and you understand that the following is not about you, so your head can't get big about the following. The following is there because you helped people, you changed people's lives. Exactly, exactly. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Perfect. All right. So it's time to to <laughs> close things up in terms of timing. You've got the flight coming up and so on. What would you like to say to an audience, which is a mix of like uh, teenagers to like the twenties, thirties, and many of my my friends are well into their sixties as well. Okay. Firstly, anything at all. Firstly, to the females listening. Please, that's the most important. Your independence is really important. Your financial independence, your emotional independence, your intellectual independence. I would really like to see women own their voices, own their career paths, own it. Like the gifts are there for you to claim. You just got to reach up and embrace it. Um, and I speak with a lot of women in my coaching and I have a lot of women constantly DMing me. And I, I take hours You, Paul will tell you, I, I take hours yeah. to reply to each of them directly because for them, they might not be able to afford a coaching fee exactly. per hour, right? But your emotional health, your intellectual health, your financial health um, is integral to your happiness. So, you know, take care of you first. It's nice to have a man. I think it's great. It's been wonderful. But you've got to have a solid baseline because you will bring children into this world. And so women, you've got to be solid first. Um, for those who are not women, you know, be great allies. Like, like, look how supportive this amazing yep. partner of mine is taking photos of us. Like, um, be supportive of the women around you who want to become entrepreneurs. Yep. They're going to need your help. Yes, indeed. Um, and to everyone, give away and share your stuff 
and stop trying to charge everyone for it. We're we're all one. We're there's we're all humans. Like just give it away, help people. That's it. <laughs> I think we just clo- close on that note. So people who love what I've heard so far, who okay. think they they can't wait to to see more of what you have got to share for free with the world. How can they find you online? Uh, yeah, so my website is simoneheng.com. But for all the content that's been created, Instagram at Simone Heng is a great place. And all of that stuff is also shared on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, but it's harder to see the back catalog of stuff on LinkedIn because of the True. way it's built. True. So if you want to see a backlog of all the videos that have gone on LinkedIn, IGTV on Instagram is still the best way. Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. Thank you so right. much, Frederick. So, that was so yes. fun. Yeah, great stuff. So thanks for coming on to the the podcast. Uh, look forward to see your journey and hold you to account in a few years from yes. now. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, wishing you an awesome day. Thank you so much for coming all the way over. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you.